Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free, and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Hi, and welcome to the Wildlife Tribe podcast, One Size Does Not Fit All, with me, Kat. Um, I'm flying solo today because uh, Liberty can't make it, so you're just going to have to listen to me chat today to a very fabulous guest. Um, before I introduce the guest in, um, I'm just going to sort of talk and say, you know, like I've been reading again, waking up to news, trying not to watch too much news as normal. Um, and today's wake, woken up with news of a potential new vaccine before the year's out. You know, there's not really that much time before the year's out. Um, but I'm looking, we're in lockdown two in the UK at the moment. And, you know, things are again in a funny place it's kind of we've, we've already done one lockdown we've already gone through that sort of funny emotional roller coaster and we're going through another one and you know even though i'm kind of used to used to it i've been talking to a lot of people um through wellness and all that kind of stuff and a lot of things that are coming up um in a common thread are kind of relationships relationships are being more magnified you know it's a it's a kind of bigger thing. People are either really happy or really unhappy. And I think partly what I'm kind of discovering with some of my kind of clients is that maybe this is something that we need to talk about. And this leads me on nicely to my guest today, actually. So my guest today has a lot of strings to her bow. um, And therefore, once I introduce her, I'm going to let her tell me uh, what she does, even though I already know. So today's guest is the wonderful Britta. Now you make me want to say hot kettle. Hot kettle. Welcome, Britta. Thank you, Kat. Thank you for having me on this. Uh, well, it's sunny here in Coggeshall, I can tell you. So hopefully our conversation will infuse a lot of people's lives with a bit of warmth and light at the sun. That's right. I, it is, it's such a lovely November. It has been so far on the weather side. <laughs> yeah, it's really mild, isn't it? So actually, it's like a saving grace, isn't it? Because it is. the last time we went into lockdown, we actually had good weather. And I think that was great. We got out, got exercise. And I went out at the weekend and there were so many people out. Yes, it's been very busy. I think people are desperately, desperately, you know, using every opportunity to mingle, socialise, walks and just do what they can do to overcome the second lockdown. Yeah. So, Britta, you and I have met through the Wildlife Tribe. And I want you, because actually you have got, you've trained and done so many things over the past 24 years. Could you tell everybody what it is that you do? So originally, uh, I'm a naturopath, and then I studied progressive kinesiology. I went to a psychic college for a year and a half, Tony Stuckwell, to establish my, enhance my skills that I was born with. Uh, I practice sound healing, um, crystal healing, Reiki master. I've written two books. Um, I'm also an artist, so uh, I blend the medical background with the ability to connect with the energy body because everything is energy and I've tapped into energy in much greater detail over the last five years and my treatments have proven extremely successful 
uh, in a very short space of time, um, any age, any ailment, be it acute or chronic. Yeah. Well, actually, I've actually been to see you. So I know firsthand an experience with you, actually, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And I will be booking again. But what I want to sort of go back to is um, I just want to know a bit about your life journey that I want to sort of share with the audience, because um, before all of this, before all of that 24 years, you have had quite an intense, what you say, quite an intense life, really. Um, Can you tell us a bit about that? Where would you like me to start? At which age? Well, let's start with your parents. Okay, so um, I think my parents, like a lot of people of that generation, um, got married too young uh, with, I I would say they both had low self-esteem coming into their relationship and each individual expressed it in a way with unfortunately involving a lot of arguing. And um, my father, unfortunately, had a very short temper and uh, I was very aware that regularly he would um, throw telephone books or telephones at my mum. It was quite sort of physical at times. And um, he also found his support um, in drinking a little bit too much. So it's sort of, I I observed my parents uh, expressing a very unhealthy relationship with each other. And kind of from that point, is that what kind of, led you to do what you were doing but you also in between that have had moments where you experienced being bullied at school so you're really oh, there was yeah it's it's just it when from the age uh, of six i was bullied by a teacher actually my first um, what we would call it the primary school in germany so you get schooled at the age of six and he used to regularly uh, humiliate me by placing me in the front of the class and he used to literally say things like oh you're stupid if you if you were asked to read um, a chapter out of a book and you would stutter like most children would at the age of sort of six seven eight when everybody's looking at you it's quite natural in a way and uh, he was really emotionally abusive but hence being a teacher you know what can you do as a child you stand there and you have to just have it happen to you you feel helpless and I felt helpless at school. I felt helpless at home. It was more like I was taking a lot of snapshots and experiencing a lot of um, draining of my own emotions and low self-esteem because wherever I went, I experienced negativity. So that didn't help my growth at all in in me becoming, uh, going into a young teenager as well. And my parents separated when I was 11 and very shortly after that I experienced sexual abuse Uh, school was even worse it just went from bad to worse it just escalated and my mother was very overwhelmed she was going through depression um, and uh, she didn't quite know how to cope with all the other additional uh, things that have happened so I was kind of left on my own with this whole with all of those experiences so that really started me off in i don't want to feel like this there will be something that will make me strong and it sort of started me off on wanting to find the truths the answers to the questions of why why am i feeling like this why are people treating me like this and that's really pretty much where it began 
Yeah, that's um, that, that's really interesting because going back to um, how I started this conversation, um, and at the moment there are people who are in similar situations to what you've been through, but they can't leave the house. It's much more intense, isn't it? Um, mm. You know, and having been through that, you know, even as a child, even watching, you know, children watching parents at the moment, just kind of going through maybe emotional abuse in the house and all that kind of stuff. How hard do you think it is for them? Oh, it's extremely hard because uh, as a child, you love both your parents. It's an energy bond. We don't judge as a child. We're unconditional. So what we want to do is try to recreate peace and harmony. Or if it's gone further, we will withdraw or we will create negative attention. So we're trying to do what we're given as a, as a child to do something to get the attention or change the intensity of the situation. But children are overwhelmed by adults, um, obviously fighting verbally, you know, shouting at each other, arguing, but they can sense the negative energy. And to manifest feeling helpless in a, human, in a young human being is very toxic and has a lot of after effects later on, which will only then come out from the age of, say, mid-20s to mid-30s. It takes a long time because the body records every single experience and that will then be added into the belief system that they have manifested by observing their parents. They take snapshots every second, every day, movements, mimics, voice, events. Everything is recorded in our body as we grow into being an adolescent. Um, and so for them to be exposed to this overwhelming wave of negativity if the parents are expressing fear you know insecurity uncertainty on top of um not liking each other or expressing frustration um it will just basically make the child ill mentally emotionally and physically it can do and going back to you again on this so mm -hmm. your experience of it so you you left home yeah and then what happened because you then went through the repercussions didn't you you had a bit of a later on happen. yeah I think um well I went through a lot uh, it's sort of difficult because I've almost forgotten so many things there's been so many and I don't want to make people feel suicidal no of course but I think it's just people who might be listening in thinking you know actually yeah um, it's good to know and then what will I you know it's okay that I'm going through this because this is what happens sometimes. Yeah. When I first came to England, I was 12. Then I was made to go to school in this country. Then at the age of 17, I returned to Germany to work with my father in as a lithographer. And in this company or this company was run by uh, someone who was also an emotional bully. I seemed wherever I went, I was attracting bullies and I was their number one favorite in hacking at me all the time, whether it was how skinny I was, my looks, uh, my performance, uh, they just picked up everything. And I thought, well, the fact that they're picking, everybody keeps picking on me, there must be some truth in it. And I started to believe what people were telling me. And then it, I really crashed emotionally. I developed a lot of physical imbalances uh, whilst I was always trying to work really hard. So I was draining my body. I was constantly being depleted and I became quite ill um, alongside um, my path of trying to 
do the best that I could at that age. So we're talking about the age of from 18 to, I'm just trying to think how long I stayed in that job, seven and a half years. Um, and, uh, and then I stepped away from it because I just refused to participate in any more of this stressful job plus being bullied on top. So you don't actually go in and enjoy your life. Your every day becomes a burden because you're in a job that you don't love. You're doing it for somebody else to please the father. But the father is, is not really taking any time for you or supporting you on your own it's almost uh, it was very hostile to say the least Germans can be extremely strict as we know mm. and I happened to attract uh, some of the worst sort at that time yeah but you know what it's taught me it's really important because obviously reflecting on all my experiences that some are more traumatic, some are less. I have gathered so much valuable data and information that I've been able to use in order to support, do research, and then use in my treatments with people who have been through similar. It's given me an immense insight into psychology, how um, you know our thoughts impact our biology and everything. I'm so I know it sounds crazy, but I am actually quite grateful yeah, <laughs> for no, all I those things understand that have that. happened nowadays. I wasn't at the time in my 20s, but uh, I am no, But I think sometimes I think it's right. You need experience um, to know how to help people, don't you? Absolutely. Um, and I think this took you to the line of, because you actually, um, you had a bit of a, you got, Diagnosed? Did you have endometriosis stage four? Was what you said, isn't it? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, endometriosis started in my mid twenties without me realizing. I will definitely hundred percent say that was stress related. If you imagine that the ovaries in the womb act like the sink where all the emotions end up in a woman, often everything that we experience, we seem to load it in specific anatomical sites. And I decided to load it all into my womb. And all I remember is I used to have excruciating periods um, with a lot of blood loss. I was told that was normal. Um, and so being in agony and, and the buildup and you know all the emotional changes and hormonal changes as you go through, the impact it has on your emotional well-being is also, you know, it comes on top. I know a lot of women realize this. Uh, you know, in their day-to-day job, it just, you know, only one week in the month, you're quite normal. The rest, you're either building into periods or having them or coming out of them. So it's, it's a very, uh, it can be a, an awful cycle for women to have to go through on top of everything else, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. So my endometriosis stage four developed over many years. Um, and stage four was reached by the age when I was 2006. So that was, yeah, many, many years actually. Um, and uh, I ended up on the emergency um, operating theatre because I had developed adhesions from pretty much my my womb right up to my stomach. My, my intestine was, um, my small intestine was attached to my pelvic wall. My bladder was attached to something else. The, the urethra was clammed off on one side. The ovaries were no longer visible. They were round the back and attached. I mean, I was quite a mess. My, my German uh, surgeon said lovingly, it was, wor- it was like a World War I 
seen in my body and I said thank you for that (laughs) (laughs) that's that's an interesting way to put it isn't it oh yes very tactful two operations I had to have and uh, And you ended up having a hysterectomy is that right yes in 2014 I decided to have a total hysterectomy because the pain did not go away I had lots of repercussions from uh, because we're talking from 2006 2014 I had constant pain even though I was supposed to not have any more, uh, it didn't kind of, and I went from whether I was private, I went to private gynecologist and I had all sorts of weird inflammations that no one could identify. And I was so inflamed that at times I couldn't even sit and nobody could make sense of it. People blamed it on the diet. So I changed my diet. People blamed it on stress. So I had to then investigate what creates this constant inflammation in my body what is it that is making me so um poorly and over time i discovered i mean there was a a lot of different things that i had to sort of work through layer by layer yeah well you had world war one going on in there i did so i had to, to try recreating peace in my body mind um being a stubborn German myself, I obviously made it not very easy for myself to find the solutions, but I did eventually. And I still found... you went through early menopause as well? Well, uh, the uh, total hysterectomy meant that I went straight onto HRT. I personally don't... I have a a positive relationship with it. Um, And I then started to research what else I would need as a supplement to support my mental well-being, um, my, you know, whether it's thyroid support, herbal support, adrenals, because the endocrine system, once you're uh, missing your ovaries and your womb, uh, it has a massive impact on your mental capacity, on your emotional strength. You start to lose who you thought you were. We don't realize actually just how, it's, it's not about hot flushes and a bit of tiredness and a bit of aching joints. It is more about, for me, it was more about the mental health connected to it. Because if you lose who you are and your abilities that you had before, you need to find a way to get those back. And I found a way to get it back. So no, I haven't been in menopause because I have balanced myself hormonally and nutritionally and using supplements. And I feel pretty good, actually. Yeah, that is great. I mean, I also had a um, total hysterectomy after I went through my cancer diagnosis. Um, And uh, I did get the hot flushes to start with, but I do get what you're saying about mentally, you are affected in all kinds of ways, which is out of your control initially. And you're just like, especially when it is being brought on sort of unnaturally, you know, it kind of comes on. And I think that's quite, it's quite interesting what you say about you then have to look into how you're going to sort of manage this and you managed it, you know, nutritionally. Um, So in terms of everything you kind of went through, um, you, how did you then begin to heal yourself as, and making it into a career? Well, the healing process, it was a day to day transformation. So I would say my healing occurred on so many different levels Um, whether it was overcoming the sexual abuse, rediscovering confidence, all these things don't happen overnight. So even if you make the decision 
that you are going to change, these changes take a while to manifest in your mind-body system because you've been conditioned for many, many years to be something completely different. And how we think creates our biology. So the chemical change takes a while to really manifest. So we have to have a lot of work uh, done in order to discover um, what exactly and which categories do I need the support. And so I, I went to see a kinesiologist. That was my first therapist. And I was so blown away by what she discovered in connection to my low self-esteem pain connected to my father. I mean, you name it. I've gone, uh, we know we all duplicate patterns from our parents. Um, some of us realize it more than others. Every belief system that you have um, manifested as a child, as a growing child, will become part of the things that you need to let go of because most of it isn't yours. These are duplicated belief systems that are negative, that have been conditioned, but they're not the truth. And you have to learn to find out what is it. You, you have to really tick lists off. So you start with, right, okay, low self-esteem, eating disorder, um, you know, uh, how do I dress? What do I eat? How do I think? All of these things take time and a lot of work. So I started it, I would say, in my early 20s, starting to be more aware of my negative behavior towards myself, how I was self-abusing actually myself without, you know, with um, not looking after my needs uh, yeah. by telling myself the whole time I wasn't good enough. I was too skinny. I was too this, I was too that. So it's, um, I think the journeys are very individual and then you need obviously someone who can give you the tools to um, dive into specific categories that fit your personality. So, uh, so kinesiology was the thing that got you going into mm. it first that that was the thing that blew you away but you're also i mean your your cv is big you know you've got the naturopath as well yeah um what exactly is a naturopath can you explain that to people so a naturopath is a holistic um doctor uh who can specify he can go into herbology uh he offers insight into anything to do with the organic function into health, anything to do with diet, anything to do, you can include um, iris diagnosis, um, herbs, homeopathy, um, acupuncture. You can, as a homeopath, you can really support people with, with different remedies also that support uh, the limbic system in emotional um, recreating an emotional balance. So uh, um, a naturopath is pretty much the title of um, practicing holistic medicine. So you're taught anatomy, physiology, you're taught psychology, you're taught uh, all the infectious diseases that have ever been on the planet. You need to know pretty much everything about the body's past, present and future. And then you are given a lot of topics in addition which I specialize in eyes diagnosis. They, some of them you have to do, some of them you're allowed to do. You just pay extra like we do anywhere for extra certificates. So I decided I wanted to dive into the iris because the iris is a, is a great mirror of what is going on in the body. Even if the person doesn't want to talk, I always wanted to find ways 
to communicate with the body um, if the person is resistant to communicate. So kinesiology was another thing I then dived into because kinesiology offers an amazing tool to detect the root cause in, in a really effortless way so fast. Uh, and I, I wanted to have the background as the naturopath to support people using both techniques to have the medical background. I wanted substance. I wanted to know <coughs> yeah. everything there is about the body and a naturopath is, as I said, like a holistic doctor. So you're trained sort of four years. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. I mean, I'm all for it actually. And I love um, kinesiology. I, I don't do it, but I go and see a kinesiologist and I'm, so fascinated um with the science behind it i think it's really clever in terms of the body's really clever um when it unblocks things and how it kind of opens up again and you know connections to the chakras and all that kind of stuff i, I mm. have actually dealt with so many pains and whatever over the year um i've probably been doing it for about a year um but i think it is one of the best things i've ever done actually you know like even from having a really achy knee to mm -hmm. having um i had a really terrible scar tissue pain which i just live with because you do sometimes you just go oh, well that's then it becomes really normal to have that kind of pain a bit like what you were saying earlier um but once he dealt with it and i didn't have it anymore it was the biggest relief it was like i could yeah. breathe again and i think so often people walk around with ailments that they don't deal with and then they just become habitual They're normal yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's and it never ever should should it mm. so for the people who have not come across kinesiology before so it's again you know a holistic health discipline um where we use a gentle art of muscle monitoring to access the information about a person's well-being so this combines the Western philosophy and techniques and the Eastern wisdom. So talking about meridians, Chinese yeah. um, medicine, you know, the elements and how they affect and, and blend with the emotions and which emotions um, manifest into which type of energy. Is it uh, too much fire? Is it, uh, you know, too much wood, which once you understand how it all works, it makes total sense very quickly and you're able to express that to the clients. And it's ideal pretty much for any ailment, whether it's um, physical or emotional. Um, and using the naturopathic training, which helps me to go into acupressure, muscle work, so massage um, therapy and um, non-invasive treatments that again support both categories just work so well together for the person who needs the support who doesn't know you know uh, who hasn't yet become conscious of their unconscious thoughts yeah that's really helpful now i i think um i think the other thing about kinesiology before i, I actually barbara who's on the panel she does kinesiology as well and um i remember speaking to people some of her clients who i'm friends with and they were saying to me have you tried it and i was like oh, i really want to try it but actually barbara and i are about 200 miles apart so i don't know how, how that's going to work but i ended up finding a guy locally to me and actually it's been the best one of the best things i've ever done and it's you know I would say to anybody, if you've got 
any ailments that you have just not managed to even try and get rid of, give kinesiology a try because it, it, yeah. it does work. It's not like anything. Some people are just, you know, a lot of people I sort of say about it, they're like, well, what is it? And you've just explained obviously what it is, but I would actually, you know, from the bottom of my heart say to people, it's something I feel like you should all give a try to. And Absolutely. I remember thinking about it, like, so I did a bit of reading into it and, you know, quite a lot of top, um, uh, CEOs, big business, they actually have, when they put teams together, when you look at even like Tony Robbins, you know, the big Tony Robbins, he has uh, his own personal kinesiologist who is a full-time worker on his team. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Why has he got that? But he believes in this so much that he believes that that's partly what keeps him really well. Yeah. Well, let's face it. Everybody is human. We all are constantly evolving and learning. So, you know, we do need to do self-maintenance in order to be the best for others always, you know, and we're always constantly learning. So, you know, um, I think what I love about kinesiology is also that it, it just stimulates the person's natural internal energy. So it's enhancing without overwhelming. It's not manipulating. It is just bringing out the best in people's bodies which lies deep within which they didn't even realize and when i observe people's eyes light up and their body change in just an hour and a half of treatment where they come in sometimes broken and they walk out saying i feel taller and their face is bright the skin is glowing they say wow i look like i've been into a facial and they can't believe just how intense this transformation is and that is the power of thought yeah changing our biology so whether i use kinesiology sound healing crystal healing uh reiki there's different different therapies to apply to different energies that come through my door and recognizing what people need um who walk through my door is my speciality because that's the good thing if you have more strings to your bow you can have a bit of a choice rather than just having to rely on one uh, method for all, you know, because we're quite complex, us humans. Yeah, de definitely. <laughs> but there's one thing. So, like, I know quite a lot of people who are up for trying most of this, but the problem with some people is that there's quite a lot of cynics around this, isn't there? So people are like, healers, no, you need to go to a doctor. You know, what would you mm. say to those people? Oh, I've had a few in the past myself and they've now become the best clients because uh, I think a lot of cynics, um, unless they have done their research and they can give me a, a, a really good answer of why they personally believe that this would not work for them. A, they've tried it out and it hasn't worked completely, you know, being neutral, not judgmental. Yeah. Most people who are cynical uh, base their cynicism on fear, fear of the unknown and the fear of facing their emotions and their past and their fears. So um, once we get past that, all these cynics, so-called cynics, uh, actually open up. It's their resistance, usually, because, you know, they've got nothing to lose and, and evidence, science has proven that it works. So there's a lot more scientific evidence that all these treatments work. Um, it's just a different less invasive and certainly without any pharmaceutical drugs involved which is much better for the body than numbing it with with painkillers that just numb the, the symptoms but don't actually support the person the cynics that have come through my door 
uh, one of them said, I felt so good after the first session. I, I, I was so ashamed. I didn't, I, he couldn't actually contact me until a few months later because he was this, I said, don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you know, it's a learning curve, isn't it? Mm. And it's lovely if they, a lot of them have come back uh, later and said, you know, that really did help. I, I was, and it's a learning for them. As I said, everybody comes with a different, on a different um, level of consciousness. And at least when they come, a part of them has made them come through the door for a reason. So I don't actually think they're cynics. I think they're just scared. It's fear. It's It's kind of like a judging by other people thing, isn't it? Oh God, yeah. Think that. And the other thing I'm thinking, you know, like we're in a funny time at the moment, aren't we? You know, Mm. 2020 has been incredibly strange. Um, but you know, I think it's a time where people really need to reflect. You, we, we want to, and we need to more than ever really look after ourselves. Um, you know, really think about what it is that we need, you know, where we are now, you know, what, what, what we've got mm. in front of us at supermarkets, what, you know, we really need to think about what we're putting into our bodies, how we're looking after our bodies. And then today on the news, you know, it's all about this new vaccine and people are like, well, that's a quick fix, isn't it? Let's do that because that's going to make everything better. That is immediately what a lot of the population are thinking. Mm. I would say I'm thinking, I'm a bit about it. Um, I would also say that, isn't it really important, you know, that we have to be really responsible for ourselves? Isn't this a time when we need to empower ourselves much more to look after ourselves? Absolutely. And you, as a homeopath, when they with supplements and stuff, that's really key at the moment. But don't just read a magazine to go and take these supplements. Really, you need to be prescribed supplements, really, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, this... Um time that we're going through without going into too much detail i'm not a fan of vaccinations for a variety of reasons there's a lot of uh, official information on what is in the average vaccination that includes defroster now if you decide to have that injected into your body that's up to you but if you ask your children they have no choice in this to be injected with a substance that's not been validated as um or actually can be proven that it is harmful i personally would not recommend anybody to have a vaccination uh, a this so-called virus is um you can't build immunity and i personally still believe very much in the ability of our body to create herd immunity no matter where the origin of this virus is we as a human race have always developed our immune system as an amazing institution and as we know people have expressed different symptoms so not everybody drops dead not everybody um you know most people have had mild symptoms and yet it's been treated worse than ebola which i personally think is a lot worse i'm not saying to people don't be mindful i think we've lacked mindfulness for a long time i think the lockdown has given us opportunity to go within because if you can't escape and you're indoors you can get creative you can use this time to reconnect with do you know where am i how am i feeling in my relationship what is it that i want to do how do i look after my body how am i feeling in my body you know we've never ever had so much time to have an opportunity to look within i don't want to sound too you know um 
airy fairy about it because it's actually quite you have to be quite courageous to look yeah. into you in a proper way i'm not just saying oh you have a glass of wine sit back and just you know let it all i'm talking about really facing your fears looking into you know what is this situation triggering in me why have i got these fears what is it that's making me feel insecure about the situation is it a belief system that i've um, duplicated from my mother or my father saying you know you have to have this specific job and have to earn this. And if you don't have that, then you're a lost soul. What's my opinion about money, finance, poverty? What is my belief system around um, what is the quality of life? Are we actually, uh, you know, a collective consciousness or is it just as everybody separate? You know, people need waking up and a lot of people are waking up big time. So this second wave, I think, um, as we can see, the whole concept behind it is mass control and brainwashing. Unfortunately, those people amongst us or the souls amongst us that are very vulnerable to this kind of, um, I would say, um, brainwash um, mentality. And, you know, I'm straight. I'll just say it how I feel. It's my personal opinion. I'm sure a lot of people would disagree. Um, but in my observation, what I'm noticing is that it's created a fear and anxiety. I think has gone up by what 250%. Most of my clients who've, who I've seen since the first lockdown, anxiety, fear, insecurity. Uh, they don't know where life, uh, fear of the unknown has taken over. Mm. And we know that our thoughts um, create our biology. So, if we look into the amygdala, which is um, in our brain, the stress, um, the area where, lo where stress is located, the amygdala is a tiny little, um, almost like a pea size of that. And when we become more stressed, it actually starts to get larger and we produce more cortisol, the stress hormone in our brain, which will then trigger a whole multitude of symptoms we can't think the same way we did before. We can't act the same way. We, behaviors change. Everything starts to change. And that's exactly the outcome of this mass control brainwash pandemic, COVID. So I'm hoping that people have taken time to look into, is everything that the media is telling me true? Is it really important? Does the, does the COVID virus really knock on your door after 10 o'clock? Does it really matter if I uh, buy, you know, why, why can't I now buy a pair of socks? Uh, they're discussing whether you can have only, um, you know, essential foods yeah. in, in markets. It just, for every day you have a new story and it surely must have sort of, mm, well, people may be becoming aware now that there is something that's not quite right and vaccination has always been planned uh, and i think it is um something that people have to think about very long very deeply if this is something they agree with someone administering and putting that into their body yeah. i certainly will not yeah well there's quite a lot of people actually who you know in their thoughts and thinking about it and in the news at the moment you know whatever it is this infection is, you know, COVID. Um, and they're saying, you know, some people are getting worse symptoms than others. Um, and that's kind of down to sort of metabolic syndrome, isn't it, really? Because, 
you know, it's huge in America. You know, in fact, metabolically in America, I think it's something like 12% of the population live with a healthy metabolic state. But the rest of that nation doesn't. Hmm. In terms of, you know, one thing that it's positively highlighted is that you do need to live in a better state, don't you? A better metabolic state. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily visiting the doctor. What that does mean is that, you know, like the metabolic state is like if you've got these symptoms of high blood pressure, um, you're more likely to have a metabolic state if you've got type 2 diabetes. You know, um, it's to do with your weight circumference, you know, your waist circumference even, um, and different things like that. Um, I personally believe that's a good thing that it's brought that to to the table because I believe that this is something that we can really sort out for ourselves, isn't it? And as a homeopath, homeopath, naturopath side of you, Mm. you know, that's where actually you're better. I believe you're better off getting help for that. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we can do so much and regulate so much in our body with choosing healthy foods, you know, as I always say, energetically high vibrational foods. So it's avoid, you know, focus on organic foods, focus on foods um, that give your body energy rather than just suppress it. You know, I'm not saying you're not allowed to have the occasional biscuit. I certainly do. And I'm not holy, uh, but I do sort of... Huh? What's your favorite biscuit? <laughs> almond fingers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love almond. Anything with almonds, and that is it. You eat, no, well, everybody, like you say, everybody can have the odd sweet thing. 80 20. It's, it's 80 20. Yeah. yeah. And as I say, everything, again, the vitality of your organs um, also resonates with your concept of your thinking. So the thought, the brain-gut health connection is also really key. So if I feed my body low vibrational foods, processed foods all the time, then my brain becomes cluttered and sluggish. So if I have a sluggish, cluttered brain, I will just keep doing what I'm doing and I'll end up with all of those um, unfortunate physical ailments. But if I just try and remove and start reducing, for example, if people are currently drinking, I don't know, a bottle of wine, God forbid the day, then, you know, cut back to a glass, then cut back to um, a bottle a week, you know, just be mindful and aware that what you're actually doing is intoxicating your body, your liver to such a degree that it's impossible for your body long term to maintain a healthy immune system. If you have a healthy immune system, you can uh, be more resilient to all kinds of bacteria and viruses, as we know, because everybody's been responding quite different to this virus. And, you know, if you look back into the flu virus, some people just have a little snivel and other people get so poorly it's because their immune system is already so suppressed because of their lifestyle, because of the history, because of their negative belief system and their choices of of diet, of, of your... Uh, of the foods you eat. It's a combination of all of that that manifests in people's bodies. And therefore, when we're at home, what we can do, we can keep active, we can become and stay um, creative, whether it's reading, writing, painting, 
trying something new. We can, we can start to learn to look into foods and, and create new recipes and do something different, you know, just be a bit more experimental with, with healthy foods. Um, and all of that is, is done in our own homes. So we can do a lot. We do still have a lot of choices in this lockdown situation. And actually, you do really practice what you preach with this because you do live, um, actually, as you're saying now, you know, you, um, you don't, you know, you don't drink, you don't smoke for, for personal reasons, but also you're very conscious about what you put on your skin, aren't you? What, and all oh, that. absolutely. Wow. That was another new thing that I learned uh, a long time ago about the fact that everything you put on your skin is absorbed into your bloodstream and it doesn't take very long. So whether it's your toothpaste, your deodorant, your shampoo, what you color your hair with, what you, your makeup, you know, the, the skin absorbs it and it all ends up in the bloodstream. And unfortunately, as women who tend to always want to look our best, uh, without knowing when we apply lipstick, if it has a lot of aluminium heavy metals in there, let alone from the cruelty aspects that's been, um, the, um, you know, the animals have been exposed to, that's another separate thing. So yeah. there is a lot of good cosmetics out there that work for your body without intoxicating your body. So that, again, is a massive, massive um, improvement. And, and everything that I use in my home, I only use um, biodegradable um, products. So I don't use anything that's toxic for the environment. I don't wash anything with um, toxic products. There's a lot of good shops out there now who are making um, healthy detergents, healthy, you know, everything that is... And, and, and this is so important because we need to really be mindful We've done so much damage in our short time of existence of humanity, this beautiful planet. I really do feel as being interlinked with everyone and everything. You know, we owe it to our children, to the animals, to the beauty of this nature that we all have the, you know, we, we can be so grateful it's still there for us. And um, to look after it, to give back, to become aware, you know, it's not just happening uh, in a household, we, we, everything that we're doing is affecting everything, becoming more mindful that what I'm doing, what I'm thinking is affecting you, um, other people across the planet, maybe not in the same second, but it will do a few moments, hours later, because everything travels. So, yeah. you know, I don't want to contribute in the carbon uh, footprint. That means that I have helped to create more damage. So I was obviously I can't avoid to drive at all, but I've driven hardly at all, not only because of lockdown, I've never really um, been on many holidays or used my car a lot. And I try to be mindful when I buy clothes, I buy them from charity shops a lot and I give mine to charity shops. And I really enjoy that. Um, sometimes obviously I have to buy new clothes like everybody, but it's just, you know, there's so many little areas where you can do stuff that it doesn't take much and it's you your body will repay you with glowing skin you won't feel as tired because there's less toxins going in your body and when when you put the clothes on that have been washed uh, with with products that are not leaving chemicals to additionally be absorbed in your body you'll feel everything that's less toxic is is basically like a rejuvenation for your 
body every day. So it's, it has a massive impact and it keeps you looking younger and feeling better. Yeah. So why not? No, it's all very good advice. Um, it's been really lovely to chat to you, actually. And if somebody is looking to come and chat to you, I know that you are very open to that um, and have the conversation further. Where can they find you? So um, they can find me um, on my website, which is svitaserena.co.uk. Or they can email me at britta at vitaserena.co.uk. And I've also, I'm on Instagram under the German Soul Surgeon. I love that name. <laughs> that is dedicated to one of my lovely, who used to be cynical, who said it is like somebody is, you know, um, practicing surgery on my soul. Because whatever was... Um, um, infested in in the soul I removed surgically and I loved it so I kept it and I thought well that's quite fetching yeah <laughs> I, I, re- I actually really love it I remember seeing it for the first time go wow I know um and yeah all call me under 07900211088 to book I'm book available call. online and face-to-face in person because I'm still working yeah no good good and um, I just want to say to everybody as well, I have um, booked to see Britta and um, it is a brilliant healing process. You will get a very honest conversation. Um, and so, yes, I, I think you're amazing because I've already experienced um, a session with you. Um, what I want to say is as well for this kind of period of time, just to leave this on a really good note, what three tools are you going to give to people that they can use in this moment right now that they could leave this podcast and go, right, I'm going to go home and try this. Three, two, <laughs> one, whatever. Give us one. <laughs> okay. So uh, I would say use technology, YouTube, and just discover, have a look into guided meditation, start exploring, you know, the journey within and explore new sides to you and how it makes you feel and there's so many different um, meditation techniques available or also try something new you know uh, do a, a yoga beginner class if if you haven't looked into it try something explore something do something new because doing something new your brain loves to learn and it's such a releaser for endorphins and happy hormones and just celebrate you and be grateful because you know you are a unique human being and you're very significant in this whole collective consciousness and yeah celebrate love love yourself yeah that's really important i think with um especially with these kind of new stories around relationships and everything and things are getting quite intense for most humans at home at the moment so that is a really good um tool to try while you're trying to manage whatever it is that's going on in your life you know we can all still find that kind of silver lining while we work through anything that's not working for us at the moment Um, absolutely thank you so much britta for coming on today i've really enjoyed talking to you um as always and um i do urge people just to get in touch with britta find out a bit more about kinesiology it's something i 100 percent recommend to people um and britta i hope you have a lovely day thank you so much kat and you too take care and see you soon bye